Welcome to Pastor Talk. This is Pastor Tim here with Pastor Jamie, who also happens to be my wife. Hi, Jamie. How are you today? I'm great. Thank you. We're talking to you about marriage. Now, we are not experts in marriage by any stretch of the imagination. However, we've been married for a good number of years. 17 years. Exactly. That's why you're here. Exactly. So, uh, we wanted to uh, share some of our thoughts and uh, also our imperfect thoughts because we're still going through this process of learning how to be a better husband and wife and also to have a marriage that honors God. And so, we wanted to talk to you today just about some things that we do, some practices we put into place and how to have a marriage that honors God. And uh, we're also, you know, if you have comments, uh, please feel free to go to our YouTube and input those comments. I know you can't on an audio podcast, but on our YouTube, you can input comments. We'd love to hear from you. Things that work, things that don't work, uh, any learnings that you have from marriage yourself. And uh, I think to start start off, you know, uh, we've talked about this before, but I have some notes pulled up from the book, You and Me Forever from Francis Chan and his wife, Lisa Chan. And Jamie and I have done a marriage group before on this book. And uh, I like this book because it talks about having an eternally focused marriage, a a marriage focused on the kingdom of God and not just on the two people or on just your little niche of a family, but that there's a bigger perspective to have when you serve God on what the vision is. on how your marriage can honor God and how you can have an eternity perspective in your marriage. So what are some thoughts based on having gone through this, Jamie, that you have on that and and kind of what that actually means to have an eternity perspective uh, when you, when it comes to marriage? I think, yeah, definitely helps me uh, take the, just look at the bigger picture. Um, When, if we just live our life, just like that day to day where we're, just trying to get to the next thing or like what's for dinner or, you know, just got to make it through the end of the week. We lose the bigger picture of what God has intended for marriage. And so um, when I think about like a heavenly perspective and it just gives me an opportunity to look, to look at our marriage in it just in a different way um, and how do we raise our kids and uh, puts like a little pause to, as I'm thinking about what I'm going to do this week or all my plans, because I am a huge planner. And so what's, what is important? You know, what's the long-term goal? If I have just a short-term goal, once that's made, I just go on to the next thing. But um, looking at things from more of a long-term perspective helps me uh, kind of put those short-term goals into um, more important succession, if that makes any sense. Yeah, and a a quote from the book says, we all have callings from God and those callings are bigger than our marriages. And I think for me, before I got married, you know, marriage was always like the end goal. Like it's what is, like it feels like when you're single or starting out, you know, learning how to be an adult, like marriage is like the end goal, but really it's just the start of a new journey with someone else and and together, uh, you know, hopefully you have 10, 20, 30, 50 years together. That is a long time with one person where, 
you have a lot of work to do for the kingdom and God has put, there's giftings he's given each one of you and those giftings are often different. And so how do you work together instead of just pursuing your own agenda, your own vision? How do you work together to ensure that you're building God's kingdom and creating a legacy that others will see because your, your kids will see it. Friends, all kinds of people are looking at your marriage and saying, are you, do you have a healthy fear of God? Are you, do you have joy even in the midst of trial and pain? Um, another quote from the book says, we can't afford to waste our marriage by merely pursuing our own happiness, right? You see in, in culture today where happiness is like the end goal, as long as I'm happy, uh, everything else will just fall into play. And so that becomes our goal where, well, what if I'm not happy anymore in a marriage or with someone where the honeymoon phase is over? And so I'm going to try to get that high from someone else or something else. And it just becomes where we're chasing our own our own desires instead of the desires of God and then trying to satisfy the desires of the other person. Like, what do they want out of life? How can I help them support them with the giftings God has given uh, our partner in this life? Uh, and so it's really a selfless approach where it's not just about my happiness. I mean, you know, if you have young kids, it's really not about your own happiness. Like you're there to support them uh, through all the dirty diapers, through all the mm -hmm. crying, through all the uh, sacrifice that we make for our kids. The same thing goes with our marriage. We're making sacrifices for a goal. When we raise kids, we can see the goal in mind. We want to get them 18 out of the house and healthy, right? <laughs> we want to get them to a place where they can be a successful adult. And often we lose the vision for our own marriage where we're just going through life and you don't want to get to the point where you're just doing life with a person uh, to raise kids and all of a sudden that person becomes a stranger by the time your kids are out of the house like you have to build uh, a life with a person uh, apart from just the tasks that you do going to work raising kids uh, eating sleeping re rinse and repeat and, and so i think that's kind of where we should go next is how do you have a you know the term dating your spouse how do you how do you date your spouse how do you keep things uh, exciting, but also to the point, you know, practically different seasons you might be in, how do you find that balance when sometimes life can be chaotic? Yeah, definitely. Um, just like I said earlier, I'm a planner. And so if things don't get on the calendar or they don't get planned, they just don't get done and just never going to just um, be spontaneous. I'm not a spontaneous person naturally. And so for us, um, we have to put it on our schedule. Okay, we're going to have a date night. We're going to, whether it's going out to eat or going to do something or being at home and watching the movie because like we said, different seasons of life, there's different things to do. And we don't always have a babysitter with us for you know our kids. And, and so, um, but that's not an excuse to not do anything. So just right. finding what works within your budget, within your schedule, but it still needs to be there, whether it's 30 minutes, an hour or two hours, those kinds of things make the time because you, uh, you know, if you don't make time for it, it just won't happen. Right. Yeah, exactly. What, 
if you are a schedule follower in that's what we started doing for us we realized we should be praying more together uh, we should have family devotions uh, those are things we kind of did hit or miss over the years and so rather recently we put that on the on the schedule like we follow our schedule so why don't we put things on there that we know that we're going to follow like praying together like having family devotions uh, and so really that's not something like Oh, well, do the exact same thing we're doing, but figure out what works for you. Like maybe you're in a season where you have more time with your spouse. You can go to coffee with them. You can have more date nights. You know, you can uh, spend time uh, on mission with them. You know, maybe even going on a mission trip, maybe even uh, serving Mm -hmm. uh, a local outreach, you know, a a soup kitchen or homeless shelter. Uh, Maybe you can actually do mission minded things together. Uh, But if you're not at that, that phase, if you have young kids, like maybe you're just trying to uh, survive, but not to the Mm -hmm. point where you're uh, drained every day. Uh, So uh, I think also having a personal relationship with Jesus uh, separate from the marriage, you know, individually getting filled up so that when you come together as a couple, you know, you're, you're giving something in the, in the, in the marriage and not just um, trying to take from your partners uh, being filled up, you know, for prayer life, for example, if you, if you're not praying together, if you're not praying individually, then prayer is non-existent. And I've, I've said before, like, if we believe in the power of prayer, we would pray more often. And so uh, as Christians, especially, and as a Christian marriage, and we won't get into all the details of like, well, what if uh, one partner is not Christian? Like there's a lot of, of what ifs and, and, and problems in marriage, but we're just talking like, you know, for us personally, how we go through, uh, you know, the fact that we each have a prayer life, we each have quiet time in the morning, mm-hmm. But also we want to model that to our kids. We want yeah. them to see that, not just what we say. The worst thing you can say as a parent is just do what I say, not what I do. Um, and so when we model that for our kids, we want them to have a relationship with Jesus Christ that's their own and not built on their parents' faith, which then uh, has more potential to collapse once they hit the world and and are faced with all the challenges we know that adults can face once they hit, hit the ground running. Uh, with work and in school and all those things that happen after they're out of the house. Uh, and so all that to say, like, we have to model to our kids, to those around us. And that's really a lot of our mission. When we talk about being on mission for God, uh, yeah. being on mission together, um, we our, our mission as Christians is to make disciples. And so as a marriage, we exist to make disciples as well with our kids and with those that we influence where God has gifted us. And I think with our giftings, uh, it's important to know how God is, has designed you, mm-hmm. how, how your personality is designed, how your giftings uh, are designed, uh, you know, so that you can then serve. But what's the importance of understanding the differences uh, between each person in the relationship so that you can then uh, relate to them maybe in a different, uh, different way than you would by just what you understand? Yeah, uh, it's definitely important to know one how your spouse um views life and their personality and um, their temperament uh it's also another thing to know your own self and so um i think it really does start with owning what your own temperament is what you like what you dislike i struggled with this a lot early on in our marriage where i feel like i expected um you tim to know exactly what i was thinking or i just you know waited for uh you to talk to me and i just kind of responded from that instead of realizing here's the areas that i need to work on here's the areas that um i struggle in or what i'm hoping to see 
I, that I need to communicate better and not just depending on you to see those in me, to have to know those in myself. And then also after that, recognizing what was in what was in you and your personality and how I could respond better, like you want to buy different scenarios, you know, oh, he responded this way when I said this, or I didn't say anything and he never even noticed. So taking those times to recognize that, oh yeah, there's times that I have to speak up for myself. I have to let you know and communicate those well. And then whenever they're communicated, you respond very well to me. And so just being able to understand yourself and your spouse is really important in, especially with communication and conflict, how to handle that in your marriage as that comes up. Yeah. And no two, no two people in a, in a marriage are the same. And so knowing that, you know, when you look at like the five love, love, love languages, the five love languages really brought this to light where people love differently. They receive love and show love differently. And understanding that helps you understand, Hey, if you're not a gift giver, don't like getting gifts. If I give you gifts over and over and you're like, Hey, you don't love me because you're not doing the dishes or you don't spend quality time with me. That's just an example of, and if you haven't studied that book, please do so because yeah. it's very powerful. Um, also, you know, taking a spiritual gifts test mm -hmm. helps because how has God wired you? What giftings has he placed in you? And that will help you understand your spouse in the ways they like to serve, in the ways that they are building God's kingdom apart from the marriage and within the marriage. You know, if, if having family devotions is hard, but you are someone who likes to serve, maybe a part of your time serving is not just building up and reading the word of God, which you should do anyway. Maybe you as a family will go out and right. do something like uh, feed my starving children, you know, mm -hmm. and and build boxes together, that kind of stuff. Um, and I think for, you know, for us, like, I'm high in discernment. That's something mm -hmm. I, I enjoy is being able to discern truth from not truth. And I talk about that a lot. And, and you're high in compassion. Yep. And we understand that about each other. Uh, it doesn't mean that I'm not compassionate, which, you know, you probably <laughs> beg to differ sometimes on that. It doesn't mean you don't have discernment. Right. But our strengths come to the forefront. Uh, mm -hmm. And those are the things we often lead with. And so, understanding that about your spouse will mean that uh, you can then balance each other, yeah. right? You're not looking to make a clone of yourself. That's something we often do, uh, I think, in, in, in when the problems arise in marriage, we look at the other person, we're like, well, you don't like exactly what I like, you don't respond to this exactly like I do, and now mm -hmm. there's a conflict. Instead of appreciating the differences and trying to find uh, a good way to do life together uh, despite them. Right. Yeah, definitely working together, this teamwork, and um, when you can kind of see where someone's coming from and then finding that balance, that complement, and it just works so much smoother, um, just being able to understand, especially as a, a parenting our children, because um, our children are different as well, and so parenting them differently, and where one parent can be the firmer one or can see certain um things that there our children are struggling with the other one can come alongside from another angle and it just it creates such a more well-balanced approach right do you want to tell the san francisco story or should i um well maybe i'll tell it from my perspective because uh, it's mainly only been told from your perspective so okay go for it <laughs> so i think it was one year into our marriage we went to san francisco for a vacation and so it was just tim and i we didn't have any children yet and 
we decided uh, one day to um, to go for a walk, to go to a, a scenic area, and we looked on the map, and it didn't link very far. So we just decided to, hey, we'll just walk there. It's better and easier than getting a cab or a tr taking the trolley. And so we did, and little did we know that we were walking right through the middle of um, just complete poverty. Homelessness um, was everywhere. And... <laughs> The this more was a I long walked, stretch of this yeah. was a long street, so it's like just really blocks long. Blocks and blocks. Yeah. And before we realized it, we're in the middle of this street, and there's just homeless on both sides of us, all the way down this street. So go ahead. And this was really my first exposure to seeing um, to seeing that, and so being the uh, empath that I am, uh, just was became really overwhelming to me. Um, I just was really moved to compassion. Uh, still am thinking about it to this day because I just saw such hopelessness and despair. And it uh, um, just was really eye-opening uh, to me. And so I was praying to myself, you know, while we're walking and asking the Lord just, you know, first of all, for comfort and for these people and maybe a little bit like, comfort for you know protection for ourselves but uh, just seeing like what can I do to make a difference um, in these people's lives and so right as we're getting towards the end uh, there's a woman who comes up to uh, to me and she starts to tell me a story about uh, needing money for uh, the bus and you know and she's talking about um, you know all kinds of things and so I just felt like a boldness rise up within me, and I felt like, okay, here's my opportunity to make a difference. And so, uh, as she's asking for this money, and I told her, I just went back to my Sunday school days of Peter and John, and okay, you know, I don't have any money for you, but here's what I do have. I have Jesus for you. And so, I began to talk to her about Jesus, and um, she didn't really respond that well. And um, next thing I know, Tim is pulling me away, like, we have to go, urgency. He just was really um, upset, and um, you want to take it from there, what you're... Well, yeah, I mean, you know, from the, the my perspective, like, we're in this, this vulnerable place, you know, walking through in a place we don't belong, and the idea of stopping for any length of time to talk when, you know, we could easily be surrounded by people who want our wallet and, and whatever just made me like into go into protector mode. Like mm -hmm. this situation, if you analyze it from a, you know, uh, a, a top level, uh, it's not something we need to be in. Uh, we're not ready for it. We haven't, you know, pray. It's different if you're like witnessing on the street, prayer, prayer, prayerfully going into uh, witnessing to the homeless. You know, that's not where we were at. We were on vacation, not prepared for this. So my mind came up like, okay, we need to go. So I kept like almost <laughs> pulling you. Like, I know you're talking to this lady, but we need to go now. Um, and so it's a funny story, but it just brings out the difference mm -hmm. on, and, you know, like we, we complement each other because we have a different perspective. Yeah. Um, I like this this quote from you and me forever. It says, being in war together is what keeps us from being at war with each other. Mm. Um, and so oftentimes we see our spouse as an enemy and that's exactly what our main enemy wants. Mm -hmm. Satan wants us to vilify those we love and those we're on, on call to be in mission together. Um, I mean, our same thing goes for our children. Like our children are oftentimes their biggest enemy because they're just constantly arguing at each other. And uh, the same thing goes to, you know, uh, many marriages. They just 
constant arguing and, and what if we actually saw the bigger picture mm -hmm. what if we saw that hey we're we're trying to leave a legacy we're trying to um do what god has us to do and we can't move forward if we're just stuck in this 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 argumentative state where we are just trying to survive um instead of thriving in, as god calls us to be now now marriage is war a lot of yeah. times it is a struggle. You have to go through, uh, you know, for better or worse, richer or poorer, all that's real. When you say that in your vows, there is a, a, a very real, you can't just casually, like you don't walk into war in a battlefield. You just don't just walk into a battlefield saying, hey, I'm here, let's go, right? You have to be prayed up. You have to get in the word. You have to pray together. Like all these things that we're talking about is just important. And it's not like, all right, year 10, we're good. Now we can just relax, right? As long as you're together, you are in battle together. And so if you, if you see it as, as, as to, together, then uh, it's much harder to uh, push the other person away, I think. Exactly. And also, your spouse will never fill every area of your life. You yeah. cannot depend on them to fulfill that. And that was something I, God had to take me through is that my husband will never be fill all those voids where Jesus was meant to fill. And so we have to uh, step back and we have to fill that void with Jesus and seek after him and find our identity and who he has called us to be as individuals. And then, then we are complete and then we can bring that to the table for um, for marriage and recognize and compliment one another and come alongside each other. So just an encouragement, especially too, if you are not married and you're looking for a spouse, that that person will never fill all the things, all the desires that you think you have, all the needs that you think you have, all those ways uh, that you're looking to fill that that can only be filled through your through your own personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And what's going to make it the most balanced is when each spouse is is finding their identity in Christ first, and then yeah. coming alongside one another, and also recognizing and remembering. We all know this, but uh, you know we're not perfect, and we cannot expect perfection from other people, from our spouse. And so they will let you down. Yeah. They will mess up. And they will sin. I will. I will hurt his feelings. I will do all these things. And when we have to, so we have to have grace for one another. That doesn't yeah. mean that we get um, to be a doormat for someone. That we get to walk in abuse. Um, that is not okay. So that is not what I'm saying. But it is being able to have grace for one another and recognizing that, you know, Tim is God's son first and then he's my husband and I am God's daughter first and then his wife. And so putting those things in the right order. It's mm, really good. Really good way to end. Well, thanks for joining us on Pastor Talk. Please subscribe. And uh, we are sponsored today. We have two sponsors now. First is Behringer Tools, who's been with us from almost the very beginning. Lifetime promise guaranteed. And now our new sponsor is Lady Boss Shoes, premium Christian footwear. Uh, Jamie, tell us what Lady Boss means to you. You know, Lady Boss gives me the confidence I, I need to do the job that I have and to be confident. That's what it does. Confidence, confidence, mm -hmm. powerful confidence. Yes. That, so, well, thanks for joining us again. We'll see you next time on Pastor Talk. <laughs>